Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 184, a very special episode. I'm Single White Medusa, and why is this a very special episode? Well, I'm with you. I'm having coffee. It's kind of uh, the first of November. It's uh, getting ready to rain, maybe later in the evening hours. Nice. We survived the trick or the treating. This is true. Um, we're probably about down to the last few normal days of America. If. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, day now. <laughs> any, any, any day now. But it, it does feel like everyone you talk to, everybody's like, come on already. Right. You know, like, I feel it coming. Let's let's do it. Whatever it is. Um, so in case we're your only news source, let's kind of like touch up on what's been going on. You can start with a lot of really sort of like big, high profile things. I think the one for me that everybody's going to gloss over mm -hmm. is Brazil. Yeah, I feel like that's major as well. Because what I think Brazil was, was the stress test for next week. Mm -hmm. So in Brazil, you had Bolsonaro, who's a very Trump-like figure, and he loses. And, uh, and Even though he's wildly popular. Even though he's wildly popular, and uh, he's not conceding defeat, and his people are pretty upset. And the common, average, everyday, ordinary people, just like us, the Brazilian MAGA people, they would probably call them MAGA-sh, <laughs> because uh, the Brazilians like to add uh, sh-sh to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and we know this because I'm half Portuguese, and although I don't speak Portuguese, when we've listened to Portuguese, that's what it always sounds yeah. like to us. And you're Brazilian Portuguese. You're not yeah. just Portuguese Portuguese. Yeah. So this one hits me extra This, this extra hits hard. close to home. And yeah, like the one word we know or phrase is like, when you want to say something's good, is, it, is that right? Un mais? Is that little. what that means? Oh, little. a little. Okay. A little. <laughs> See, look how good I am. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Uh, you, know the, you know the Portuguese word for bathroom, but you don't like it. Or yeah. butt. Well, oh, yeah. The, yeah. I think bathroom. I don't know if the butt one is like a real yeah. word or just like a slang word. I'm not really sure. Family word. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Both of them make you severely uncomfortable for right. some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get all list free. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Anyways, so. um, so what I think that was is I think that was a stress test, and I think it's sort of also a prepping the battle space. Because what you're starting to see now are ads on Twitter uh, and, and Facebook from the truth, the various truth and safety councils telling you um, <coughs> the election may be in doubt. Sorry. <laughs> the election may be in doubt. And uh, expect delays in voting returns. So well, mm -hmm. we know from the last election, that's how well, how, much, how many votes did you guys get? Okay, well, the machines are going to break down for a few hours, and then magically we're going to come back with suitcases and everything like that. And you're also seeing this, uh, this uh, rise in their election deniers. And so that sort of moves over to the Paul Pelosi thing. And the first thing that they let off with the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi ignore many of the other facts that are out there you know like 2 30 in the morning two guys in their underwear a hammer one guy happens to be the the uh berkeley living gay blm pride flag hemp weaving nudist uh faction of maga apparently <laughs> the one person faction the one one person faction <laughs> um the first thing they say is that he was a believer in dangerous conspiracy theories mm -hmm. and that's a common theme that you see being repeated throughout all of mainstream media and Hillary Clinton let off with it within 24 hours. We've got to stop these dangerous 
conspiracy theories. Man, that woman's ad, that woman's voice is pure birth control. Like, it, it, like you could literally, she is what a heretic. So, anyways, mm-hmm. um, to not believe in the validity of elections, the most fair election ever in all 54 of the United States, which I believe is the number that Barack Obama thought there were <laughs> I know, it's like, what? And the 81 gazillion votes that Joe Biden got by running an effective and winning charm campaign from his basement. You can see every time he speaks, you can see how he has that sort of raw Steve McQueen animal magnetism. Right. You can see all that. You know, <laughs> don't lie. Don't be a denier. This is the most fair and valid election ever. So what I think is that, that Bra- uh, Brazil, what you're finding uh, with Bolsonaro is that no- nobody in the establishment um, wants to uh, support what is probably an election in 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 in, in, uh, in question in contestation, and so it's kind of the same thing here. Once Steve Pence, uh, Steve Pence, Mike Pence, <laughs> Steve Pence is another guy. I don't know. We know him in uh, real life. <laughs> uh, once Mike Pence flipped the Red Queen on Trump, that was it. It was all over. The powers that be, from Paul Ryan to uh, Mitch McConnell to Lindsey Graham, <laughs> the great Southern Belle, Lindsey, Lindsey. Um, had decided that it was over and that there would be even to, even the heroes like Dan Crenshaw, hero, hero right. seal. Um, well, he has an eye patch, so he must be a hero. Yeah, Ted Cruz. You know, there's another one. He, you know, every one of them basically. Every person that we're all told to get really excited about this red wave, um, they said, no, we're not going down this road. We we, we don't want to do that. So, you know, two years has revealed that it's a total con. That it's obvious. Obviously, it was a lie. The guy who led true the vote which went in and did all this sort of using cell phones to actually figure out what people were doing. You can kind of see that in the Dinesh D'Souza movie that was a wild conspiracy theory and baseless and all that kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. But it was so bad, it was so crazy that it had to be banned by all the platforms. Mm-hmm. That's how, like, that, like, because that's what you do to crazy people. You, When you pass a crazy person shouting on the street, you wrestle them to the ground and you put a coffee sack over their head and you don't let them shout any of those things. Because they're not true and no one would believe them, right? Right. No, you only silence people who say things that that are in con- conflict with what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're guilty, you silence people who are saying the truth. That Those are facts. I'm not saying that those apply to the situation, but they're there. So how is Brazil the stress test? Well, Brazil is a stress test uh, basically to show uh, themselves, because these guys are all about A-B testing. You can see that in COVID with the various war games they went and played and things like that. But the stress test is there to say, can we get away with this if popular support is against us, but all arms of government, unofficial and official, which also is the media, are willing to say this was the most fair and honest election ever, after having pulled this two years ago, can we do it again? And so I think that's part of what they tried to pull in Brazil, and it looks like they're going to do it. The other part is that Brazil most likely within the next seven days is going to descend into violence and chaos. And then when the election next Tuesday is is a total shit show. Sorry, Mom. Total shit show. Um, and it drags on and, you know, 24-hour delays, 48-hour delays, numbers that are one way, just like the last time. And then suddenly, oh, 
we found suitcases, you know, or whatever, blah, 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 all the usual shenanigans, then what they will immediately begin to say before we conduct any sort of opposition or resist or violence or blah, 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 what they will begin to, then to say is, look at Brazil. We don't want to descend into Brazil's madness, which, hey, if I'm right, well, we're about to see Brazil go that direction. And then they're going to use that as, well, we can't let our people go in that direction. I think we really are within about 10 days of actually seeing the first, wouldn't it be good if there was a martial law article? And you'll, you'll see that by that side. And I think, I think we're as close as we has, have ever been. And I think now is the moment. It's kind of crazy. That brings us over to the Twitter shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And how does that tie in? And how, just how do you think you can tie in all these conspiracy theories? There are no, hey, there are no conspiracy theories. There's just conspiracies. Yeah. Just so you know. The only people who love to use the word conspiracy theory are Jake Tapper and Hillary Clinton. And the CIA. And the CIA, who came up with the term. Whole phrase. And 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 anytime they want to malign or or and you can go look at everything from Kennedy to 9/11 and blah blah blah. I'm not saying those things are true, but there are people who have sat down and and devoted large portions of their life and money and resources to asking some questions that the other side won't even answer, and they're fairly valid. And you you know like so. Anyways, we jump over to this thing. With the Department of Homeland uh, 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 Security, the fatherland, as they would like to call it, said that they were going to work with tech hand-in-hand. Um, and this was about six or seven months ago, maybe a year ago. They were going to work hand-in-hand with tech, big tech, Google, Facebook, Twitter, to basically uh, have a pipeline to cap down on disinformation. And what we all know now is like the basic question is, well, what, who decides what disinformation is? Because as Steven Crowder pointed out, and incidentally, Steven Crowder is the most popular conservative on uh, YouTube. And his show got banned on Monday over the weekend um, because they don't know why. Of course, it's a YouTube banning, so you don't know why. Their first strike was from having Carrie Lake on, and, and she's probably going to be the governor of Arizona. But Apparently, uh, Crowder needed to be banned. Um, and a big reason for that is when he does his election night coverage, um, a lot of people watch it, the most ever on YouTube. And so YouTube felt that they would get out in front of it by making up something for him to be banned for. So just so you know, the people who talk about disinformation, what they really mean is all information uh, won't, any information they don't like won't see the light of day. That's that actually in is of itself is disinformation. But he, I won't use steal his examples or anything. But you could go over there and listen to that show over on Rumble. Rumble, and he really brings up some great, I you know, references about what disinformation is when a certain government decides what disinformation is. You know, what disinformation would be back in World War II is that you know I'm not I'm probably gonna mess this up, but like that Jews uh, aren't dirty others carrying disease because the Nazi party decided that that was information and that anybody who said the opposite of that was disinforming everybody. Modern disinformation would be uh, things like where you say, um, uh, I don't think it came from a bat, bat soup. When we know now, and the government admits and CDC all likelihood, lab growing. Uh, you another more disinformation is I question the efficacy of masks. CDC says now, hey, masks didn't work. 
none of those things. But at the time, everybody got banned for those things because there was a one mindset fear. There, there was a fear sweeping the nation. And there was one group of people that said, we're going to say the absolute certain thing. And anybody who questions it in any way, shape, or form is removed from the discussion. That is never good. You wouldn't tolerate that in any relationship in your life. Right, or at a business or anything like that. I mean, stuff does not run properly that way. No, exactly. It actually leads to stagnation. So um, the Department of Homeland Security wanted these this sort of like truth and uh, safety committee pipeline to, to do disinformation. Everybody found out about that. And then immediately that board was like, hey, we're not really doing that board. Uh, that's not going to happen. We're going to look at that and everything like that. It's not going to happen. It's the same thing as PayPal saying, oh, we're not really going to fine everybody from disin for, for disinforming everybody. That was just, that was unfortunately inserted in the terms of service. That was a mistake. And then a month later, it turns out it wasn't a mistake. It's actually in the terms of service now. And they openly advocate it because they got caught. We held them to account. We all deleted our accounts. And now they're like, well, what the hell? We're going to do it anyways. So the reason I'm saying all those th all those things is because you're about to understand. I'm finally, I think, about to make the case for you why none of this is getting better and why there probably isn't going to be a red wave and why if you want change, you're going to have to make those changes yourself. So it turns out the DHS uh, memo has been the, the the committee's basically secret. I'll, we'll put we'll post the article, but there's all these tweets and DMs between um, the Department of Homeland Services and all of big tech. Mainly uh, the guy who was like the assistant grand poobah of DHS went to Microsoft, and they basically just did it anyways, even though they told everybody they weren't going to do it. And basically, big tech was going uh, was was listening to whatever government the government said, especially with relation to Hunter Biden, and basically just acting as a just immediately banning anything that disagreed with their their narrative and what the government wanted posted, even though they said they weren't going to do that, even though PayPal said it was a mistake, they just went on doing it anyways. So when that guy is called into uh, kind of explain uh his name's matt something or other um when he's called in to explain you know before a committee why why there should be this pipeline between government and big tech and i'm paraphrasing here but his words are basically it's important that big tech work hand in hand and better with government to combat disinformation Okay, I, I guess I could understand that. You know, if there really were Russian hackers, if there really were like foreign actors out to destroy the United States and tell people, you know, you should drink lye because that'll uh, that'll take 20 pounds off and it'll make your hair grow, you know, and like, let's see how many we can kill or fentanyl's good for you. That would be one from China, you know, take fentanyl and, you know, like have the greatest time of your life. You know, like, oh, that's bad. That's misinformation. That's bad stuff. So when we step back and we analyze what that guy said, that there should be a massive pipeline between government and big tech, and he uses this word something like, uh, it should be easier for the government to tell big tech, is what I'm paraphrasing, that what information is invalid and should be censored. That's basically what he was saying. And so I stepped back from that and I'm like, okay, what is the takeaway from this? Because 
I could say to that guy, I could say, okay, yeah, I, I understand that argument, everything like that. Okay, but what happens if in four years Donald Trump is the president of the United States? And do you still advocate a, a what the new government, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever, a government that is in opposition to your democratic ideals and the things that you as Democrat, you know, not democratic, but Democrat ideals, the things that you guys are advocating, what if a new government is elected by the will of the people? Imagine that an actual fair election. And those people disagree with the things that you have said. Do you still at that point, point when a new government is in charge, do you still think that they should have the same power that you are asking for to immediately reach out to all of social media and have any information that you don't like banned? So you have to understand, they can now have your information banned. What you're saying is that government, whether it's right or left, this or that, should have the ability to talk to private companies and tell them which information should be banned. And because you are a short-sighted little nitwit, you think, oh, it's okay when we're in charge. It's okay when we have the reins of government. So we all know, we lived through Trump. The moment Trump got his hands uh, on the reins of power, we were told that everybody needed to resist at every level. And, and we know every government official worked against him and every media enterprise worked against him because now it was their solemn duty to resist, which is the opposite of what this guy is saying, is that the government should have a, a broader, easier ability to ban whatever they like. So he gave the whole game away. Do you know what the game is, Medusa? Well, I think you were saying earlier, the game is they just proved that they know that they're not going to lose power, that right. they're going to yeah. rig the election. What he did in that is he's not a dumb man. He's obviously passed some college courses and he's probably smart and has like a mid mid to high IQ maybe, um, whatever it is. Midwits, is that what they call them? He's probably a midwit <laughs> as, as my scientist friend uh, Donald Miller says. Um, he, uh, But he's not stupid. And Anybody with, you know, my level of intelligence, which isn't massive, um, would say, <laughs> well, I have a specialized <laughs> intelligence. I'm not, I'm pretty stupid about other things. <laughs> um, anybody, you know, anybody who's been in any kindergarten class or been a parent could tell you that you can't have rules this way and then rules that way. If you tell the one child they can have a cookie, then the other child will say, well, why can't I have a cookie too? And if you're that kind of awful parent where you only give one child to a cookie, you're, you're, you're going to have a lot of problems. I mean, like, this is basic level intelligence stuff. Do you not think that when you don't have the reins of power in two years, if you are setting the standards, that whoever holds the reins of powers gets an automatic ban hammer on all information and social media and all of big tech needs to immediately say how high master when you snap the whip and make them jump. Do you not think that the people who don't agree with you will be able to use that the way that they want to? And of course, the answer is, of course, he knows that. That you, you couldn't, you know, how could you get in front of a large group of people with all this information on the line and say, I need unlimited power to shoot anybody that I don't like because of the position that I'm in, in the head. And when I'm not in this position, then that rule goes away. 
No, what you're asking for is the rule of when you're in that position or the person who occupies that position to have an unlimited amount of power or, or a certain type of power, you're advocating that whoever occupies that position for the rest of their lives gets that same amount of power. And you have to know that in this life, things change. You know, the, the winds of fate change. Um, different people hold different positions. So why would you ask for so much power knowing that within two weeks, within a week now, by next, by next January, when everybody else is sworn in, the powers that you are asking for, if we are being told, even by Joe Rogan, that this massive red wave is coming, that that power will now be in the hands of the people that you are attempting to vilify right now. The answer is, he doesn't think that's going to happen. The answer is, he is pretty sure that those people who disagree with him, or him and his cohorts, are going to continue to retain that power. What he is telling you, and what he is telling all of us, is that the permanent government is here. There will be no more different governments. There will probably not even be any more right or left governments. There will just be the control grid, and everybody else who isn't in the control grid will be in obeisance to the control grid. He is asking for that power, demanding that power from social media, because he knows that himself or whoever follows him will be in the same group of tyrants with the same goals. And he in no way, shape, or form ever fears that uh, Donald Trump's cousin Sticky is going to get appointed to his job and then say, you know, I don't like uh, these people over here doing this thing. Uh, I think that's disinfo. disinfo. Google, get on that. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's totally 100% sure. And this is how you've seen this continuity of government term that keeps leaping up and everything like that. Yes, it's about doomsday scenarios. But what they're really doing when they talk about, talk about that is, aren't you tired of all these right-left shenanigans? Wouldn't it be great if you just had the one government that was that wasn't schizophrenic that that only just you know was was and they'll sell you this the government of the people and our democracy and all these kinds of things but what they mean is give them power forever and they don't even mean give it they're taking it they're taking that power exactly they're taking that power forever and they know that this is the way that it is going and they're not afraid of asking for more power because they don't fear that that power should ever, they don't fear that that power will ever end up in anybody else's hands. So that guy in that one admission admitted to you what is going to happen next week. You're probably going to win, but you're not going to win. Exactly. Um, unless, like, there's no way that he could have meant that he knows big tech is so in the lefty's pocket that they would never no. like do it. Like if, if Trump was back as president and tried to say, Hey, ban these people. Cause I don't like what they're saying. Does he just know that YouTube would be like, Google would be like, no. Well, he's asking for official powers to do it. And he, and I think that it's still, whether Trump is in power or not, what they taught us with Trump is that, there is a permanent government now. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And you can see that in the way that they've run this election cycle. They have not at any way, shape, or form made an attempt to woo the American people no. because they know that they no longer are accountable to you or us for their positions. We're, right. we're, we're, they're, they're in a control grid they're asking or they're demanding that we all enter the control grid. By default, when you try to go to the doctor's office and they play their mass games or when you try to use a bank or a pay system and they say we reserve the right to ban you or whatever hoop that they've thought up today to make you jump through, every time you jump through one, you end up in the control grid just a little bit more. And it's now our duty to fight that control grid. But they've told you there's a permanent government now and we're asking for more and more power because we don't ever fear that this power will be out of our hands. That would be the only reason. Yeah. In the past, when when great bodies of government would get together and deliberate, they would say to themselves, we don't want to give ourselves too much power because we might be giving the other guy way too much power. Right. So we have to have a balanced power and we have to, now they're like, no, we want unlimited power. And it's like, you have to understand the power to censor is the most powerful. It's more powerful than the second amendment. The ability to power, to, to, to censor what people can say is the ability to determine what people can think. Yeah. And that's what they're asking. And that's why, you know, immediately with this Paul Pelosi thing, we immediately saw was a barrage of this is dangerous conspiracy theories. This is right wing MAGA terrorist stuff and everything like that. And I just don't think they're ever going to stop beating that drum. And I really don't see a reasonable, sensible way out of this. Unfortunately, all I see is violence. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With the siren in the background. So real quick, what is your... Mm, most likely scenario that you think happened with the Paul Pelosi thing? Paul Pelosi thing, a uh, guy was a gay prostitute. He picked him up in the Castro. They went back to his house. Um, they got into an argument over pay or drugs. Uh, Paul was supposed to get him some money uh, or some drugs or whatever. The guy wanted more money. And he went into his bathroom and called the police. This is not the police's first rodeo with Paul having these problems. And so they knew. Um the big defining moment here is, is again, we always say on this, on the Control-Alt-Revolt stack, is that whatever they say, the opposite is true. So I really am telling you, whatever they're saying, and look at the person of Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi or Jake Tapper and just say, okay, whatever they're saying, the opposite is true. And like statistically, you're actually, if you just go to the opposite of what they're saying, you are statistically more likely to be proven right in about six months to two years. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's usually how it works. But your navigational points that help you, uh, that you can kind of look at to see if you're on course, is that uh, the person who is the third in line for the presidency and has a massive security team that her neighbor says, whenever she's in town, the amount of SUVs and, and electronic interference with her computers and all that kind of stuff and surveillance and everything like that is so great that her household devices don't work. Mm. Um, And Nancy Pelosi and the entire Democratic Party have gone on and on about right-wing terrorism and how Nancy Pelosi is a political target in the attacks. Yet we're made to believe that at 2.30 on a weekend morning or weekday morning or whatever it was in the morning, this dude in his underwear gets into a gated community past something like $80,000 worth of security and surveillance and something like 27 cameras 
and ends up in Paul Pelosi's bedroom naked in his underwear with Paul Pelosi naked in his underwear and calling the guy a friend and that the hammer fight doesn't ensue until the cops show up. Right. So all I can say is, and they're not releasing the body cam footage or the in-house camera footage or anything like that. So what I say is when there is evidence to be seen and they suddenly say like Epstein's cell, that evidence isn't available. And then there's something in that evidence that they don't like. And taking it one step further, if it's something that they don't like, then it's probably the truth. So that kind of tells you the silence tells you everything. Are they going to get away with it? 100%. You know, that's how Nancy Pelosi is. That's how they all are. They all look. Everybody knew most likely that Paul Pelosi was this way. The Democrats are so ashamed of homosexuality that they had to cover up his homosexuality when they tell all the people who are gay that they're totally for them and all that kind of stuff. But they were so disgusted by his homosexuality that they've covered it up for years. There are people that have come out and said, yeah, apparently the arrest last year, he was in the company of a young man. Um, people say it's a well-known secret in San Francisco that this guy. So what you have when that is you have a number of government officials and you have a lot of reporters like, you know, the, uh, the um, problem glasses crowd at CNN, Jake Tapper and, and uh, Anderson Cooper, who all know these things and could report these things and could actually tell you the truth. But they're so disgusted by Paul Pelosi's closeted homosexuality or just the fact that he is a homosexual. They're so repulsed by that fact. Even Anderson Cooper, he's gay. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're just, I don't know. Like, why yeah. do they hate homosexuals so much? Yeah. You know, like if Paul was out there enjoying the company of a young man at night, I thought this was the party. It was like, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's cool. You I know, know, like, hey, they're in, they're in a polyamorous relationship and exactly. Nancy's cool with it, you know, yeah. with her Catholic faith and. And all of these kinds of things that we are not ashamed that Paul Pelosi sleeps with prostitutes in the middle of the night and gets in. And anybody who's ever worked with the gay community or uh, male prostitution or drugs or anything like that can tell you, like, this thing is standard. Late night fights between prostitutes and their johns. Ask any cop. It mm. goes on a lot. It's like I had one guy in one department tell me um, that was 90 percent of their calls wow. after a certain time of the night. That's crazy. You know, you had a teacher that was beaten up by his his boyfriend. You know, I'm trying to remember that. I probably won't say. His oh, name. okay. You'll have to remind you know, me. But it's you can look at the statistics in the gay community. Domestic violence over drugs, prostitutes, things like that. It's very, very common. It's very. It's men. It's it's a community of males. Male, males are very violent. A lot of the times when males are not violent are when they're with women. Yes, there is male women violence, but a lot of the times males will not go to that level. Now, when you have two males in a relationship, be they gay, which apparently, according to you guys, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but why are you covering it up? Why are you ashamed of it? You know, like, this is your chance to really reach out to the gay community, I think. Isn't he a gay hero? Isn't he a gay hero? <laughs> yeah. Isn't Nancy awesome? Right. Because she lets her husband do weird gay stuff at night. Mm -hmm. She feels bad for him because he's just trying to express himself with drugs and male prostitutes. <laughs> Exactly. So I think it's going to be a good time. Uh, I think, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, initially, I was saying I think all of this is going to take place before. I'm more of the inclination now that they're going to turn the election into a total, um, I don't want to say shit show, 
Just mom's listening. completely chaotic. Just completely like chaos chaotic. Fest. Mom, forget that shit show part. It's going to be completely chaotic. <laughs> and uh, and um, and then out of that chaos, they're going to seize the reins of power, claiming that we've become too dangerous. We'll see. But it seems that we are now down to some very serious decision points. Given the impending diesel crisis strategy, um, in which the White House says, oh, we, we don't know anything about that. And they're even being asked by reporters are like, what are you going to do about the lack of diesel starting on the 19th of November? And if you haven't really figured it out, like diesel is responsible for a lot of the supply inside the United States trains. Um, big rigs, obviously. Big rigs. The one you pointed out today, fire trucks. I know. You know, so if suddenly there's no diesel, there won't be a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, November I can't see how it's not going to be a really wild, wacky, weird month. And I think that's all going to kick off about next Tuesday evening. As I've understood, there's already a lot of fighting in some early polling places and things like that. So it's it's going to be weird. And of course, it's going to be a crisis. And we know from uh, Saul Alinsky and Rahm Emanuel that they don't let a crisis go to waste. So um, the crisis, the, what is it, what is it, how does it work? Crisis, uh, there's three prongs to it, but basically um, they, they always pollute, provide the solution to the crises they create, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the solution is usually more power for them and more power for them generally means more taxes for you and less stuff. So an interesting wild time. I think we're all in for a good time, but let's stay in touch and let's keep listening to the podcast. Tonight at 5 o'clock, I'll be doing a Tolkien project over on YouTube uh, at my channel. And uh, if you haven't picked up Control, uh, I mean, uh, Strange Company Voodoo Warfare, that's out. And we're pretty much having a good time. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to the insiders in a insider podcast later this week. This will be for everybody today. Thank you.